We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charge podcast. Thanks for joining us live on a Saturday. Uh, doing the episode this week on Saturday because this weekend is 4th of July. So hopefully uh, everybody gets to have a, a good holiday weekend. Hopefully you enjoy uh, some good weather. It's actually not supposed to be super hot here uh, in Fresno. So I'm excited about that one. So um, today we are going to rank our top 12 wide receivers. Had to uh, extend the list because there's so many guys in this group that we need to talk about. And I'm really excited to see uh, where this episode goes. So joining me as always are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, of course, can't wait to see how high he has Jamar Chase. If you are listening to this, his name for the day is Jamar Chase Hypebeast. It's a little bit of an inside joke on our chat, but uh, Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Excited to talk about probably my favorite position in football. Uh, So I'm excited to do this episode. And then maybe next time we can do top 10 offensive tackles for for Steven's sake. (laughs) We can do a whole episode of that. It's Slater's top three. Uh, So yeah, we'll we'll do that whole thing probably sometime this offseason. But excited to be here. I think it would probably be a little bit more diverse to just do 10 t- top 10 offensive linemen in general. Uh, oh my gosh. Offensive <laughs> tackle. Offensive tackle is dries up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously if you're including right tackles, left tackles, I feel like you can make a uh, more complete list, but uh, it does dry up a little bit more than definitely more than wide receiver does where I feel like you have, you know, a lot of young guys that you can make good arguments for. And I'm sure some of us will today. So Tyler's here as well, man. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing very well. Happy to be here on a Saturday. Can't wait to talk about wide receivers and where these charges wide receivers may or may not be on these lists. Yeah, absolutely. So Arjun, uh, talking about Stranger Things. So uh, obviously no spoilers, but uh, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, you need to go and watch it for sure. Uh, This episode is fantastic. (laughs) So yeah, I... I got a notification yesterday on Instagram that Arjun posted to his story um, for the first time in a while. And I looked at, I was like, okay, well, when was the last time he posted? And I saw a picture of him playing the guitar. So he's posted now pictures of him at a young age <laughs> rocking out with his band or whatever. So check that out. 
Yeah, and uh, I, I like his old picture from his uh, high school basketball team, I think. So a uh, little, little less active on Instagram than Twitter, but it's all good. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure to go check out Arjun and his good friend Tage. Uh, they have a podcast uh, kind of based on analytics and things like that. Uh, done some great interviews already, so highly recommend you know checking out Arjun's work on Twitter, PFF, and of course the uh, the new podcast. So before we get started on the actual rankings, I, I'm I, I want to talk a little bit more about just kind of the process that we're taking here. Obviously, you know when you're doing top ten quarterbacks, there's a lot of like film, data, just like personal opinion and stuff like that. So uh, Alex, how did you you know being the wide receiver expert here? How did you kind of uh, approach this list and, you know, deciding, you know, particular debates here and there, or, or just kind of overall your process here? Yeah, I mean, the first list I actually looked at was a list that Anthony Trish did for PFF back in March. Um, and that was kind of the top 25 wide receiver lists. And, and people sent me that article. Can you, can you believe they had Keenan Allen 20th? Um, and so that kind of made 20. me... Uh, I believe they had him at 20th. And again, PFF is just strictly going based on the data. Tyler will talk about that in a minute. Um, but I, I think looking at the numbers is important. Obviously, there is some, you know, something to be said for consistency at the position as well, right? For the last five years, someone like Keenan Allen has been, you know, a thousand yard receiver. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, although he was hurt last year, uh, is in that kind of discussion as well. And even though he's starting this season with a six game suspension. It's, it's like, he's still DeAndre Hopkins to an extent. Uh, so there are some, you know, adjustments I think you have to make there. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing is age to an extent with this list, because a lot of these guys uh, that are on this list are people that have been drafted in the last three or four years, um, at least going based off of what I've uh, kind of done. So a lot of guys who I think would be on this top 10 list, on my top 10 list that aren't kind of like in a weird way aged out because I had Keenan Allen at wide receiver six last year. Um, and then you just have all of these young guys that came in and pretty much blew up the rankings. You have your Justin Jefferson, you have your Jamar Chase, you have your Debo Samuel, you have your T Higgins, you have all of these guys, AJ Brown, um, who are, you know, 26 and under uh, who, who came in and really wrecked the league in terms of how these rankings are going to go. Um, I put less of a, premium on consistency i would say which is why some of these guys are going to be a little bit lower on my list just because we saw single season sample sizes from these young players who have not been doing it over four five six years but you can tell that they are going to be doing it for over four five six years and we talk about a chase or a debo um, or some of these guys so uh, also impact on the field as well and just how they affected their team's play so a lot of things went into this list but for me, I wouldn't say it's any one particular thing, uh, although I know Tyler's going to have the completely um, analytics-based list, so me and Steven can kind of uh, bounce our lists off of that. Yeah, it, it seems that if, if I were to do this subjectively, I mean, even just looking at the people who did make it in, you know, there's obviously still a space for just good route runners and good wide receivers who just know their craft inside and out. But it really feels like in today's NFL, if you really want to put up these numbers and really be something special to be considered in the top 10, you also just have to be a great weapon. You have to have something dynamic about you to really put you into that top 10. Now, again, like, you know, Cooper Cub, I'm not saying he's the fastest, most dominant athlete, like a Julio Jones type. So there, there is room for guys that, you know, are route runners who are very good at their craft, but 
it really just feels like the league is shifting away from someone like Keenan Allen, even though Keenan Allen's amazing, and more towards these guys who are very talented route runners as they are, but also have just this different explosive potential that Allen really just doesn't have anymore. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll we'll, we'll get to Keenan's kind of placement in the league and, and where he's at, but I think there are certain categories, of course, that you could point to, you know, him being there, but um like you guys are saying there's so many young explosive wide receivers i think the biggest surprise for me and we'll get to him maybe it is deontay johnson and how he kind of ranked around the league and uh you know if you listen to the drew tranquil episode with asante Samuel jr uh drew asked asante to rank his top five toughest covers again kind of kind of a tough list to make when you've only been in the league for a year <laughs> and you've, you missed six games in that year yeah but he did talk about Deontay Johnson pretty highly. And I think it makes sense. I think he's a really good player. Certainly has an argument to uh, be on this list. So I'm curious. Um, one more question here before we get into this. Uh, really, um, how do you? How did you guys weigh kind of the quarterback play? And I'm, I'm not talking about like the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase connection or anything like that. But, you know, you look at all of these guys like, you know, A.J. Brown. And, um, of course, you're talking about, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, that kind of crowd that not necessarily that hasn't necessarily had the greatest quarterback play, maybe getting an upgrade this year. How are you guys weighing that, if at all, heading into this list? Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. ahead, I was just going to say, um, you look at Terry McLaurin um, and you can go back to the last years of quarterbacks he's played with, uh, with uh Heineke, Fitzmagic, uh, there's some names in there if you want to go back through the records to the point where Carson Haskins, Alex Smith, it's it's a bad list. Um, And we're not talking about prime Alex Smith either. We're talking about uh, long in the tooth Alex Smith, unfortunately. Uh, Carson Wentz is probably the best quarterback he's ever played with. And uh, that is a crazy thing to say when you're talking about a wide receiver like him. He's obviously a bit of an outlier, though, like in terms of that. I think you could talk about chemistry certainly as something that can move a receiver up or down the list. Um, One name you didn't mention is Tyreek Hill. Uh, And I had Tyreek Hill, I think, as my wide receiver three when we did these lists last year. I'm not going to spoil where I have him this year. But going from, it's not so much going from Mahomes to Tua. I mean, obviously, that's a pretty big downgrade. But Mahomes and him just had this connection where one knew where the other was at all times. You know, Mahomes is rolling out to his right. He knows where Tyreek Hill is in 0.05 seconds. He can launch nuclear codes and he's somewhere down the field. Right. There's just (laughs) nuclear codes. I like that. Right. There's just some relationship there where it's like you kind of can't replicate that. Right. Like, obviously, Tyreek is still going to be good with Tua. Um, Jalen Waddell had a great season with Tua towards the end of last year. Um, despite some of his weaknesses, but I just, I don't think you can account for that with chemistry. Right. And Devonte Adams is another tough one to place too, because he's obviously going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And it's like, that's something to consider. I think if you're talking about, I, I assume we all have Devonte Adams kind of in the top three, right. If you're kind of within the margins there and you're saying he's experiencing somewhat of a quarterback downgrade, um, that's going to be a tough one to sort of, prognosticate because I do think obviously Derek Carr is a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think it'll be the same kind of like chemistry issue that you talk about with like Mahomes and, and uh, Tyree Hill and getting to switch quarterbacks and all that. AJ Brown, obviously another wide receiver who could be a, you know, considered top 10 on this list, switching quarterbacks. 
Um, so there's so many of these guys who've changed teams and, and done all of that. And so I, I think that that's more of a subjective thing, but um, definitely that did play a factor uh, on my list. Yeah, there's no way for me using data to account for 2022 quarterbacks. Um, but as far as 2021 goes, like some of these, I incorporated Matt Harmon's reception perception data, Ooh. and that's the, you know, it's, it's about how they get open. So success rate versus man versus zone versus double team versus press. And then you incorporate things like, you know, how often did they break a tackle, at least one tackle? What's their yards after the catch per reception? Drop rate, contested catch rate. And, and you know, some of that I'm sure can play into scheme or the quarterback they've played with, sure. But a lot of that is like individual, what they did against the, either their man or to break a tackle to gain more yards or whatever it is. So even though I can't, I can't really account for quarterbacks all the way, I feel like there's enough data in here where it really focuses on the individual and what they did in their moments at like route running or after the catch. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, if you're doing data, you're not necessarily taking much in there. I'm glad you brought in Matt Harmon's, you know, reception perception. I think that Mm -hmm. is a fantastic resource to, you know, kind of gauge where receivers are at in their careers and and kind of the impact that they have on on a schematic standpoint on a week to week basis. So excited to hear a lot of that data obviously i would if i had more time i would have uh, you know looked at that more heavily but um yeah so all right let's uh let's get into this top 12 we'll uh we'll each give our top 12s we'll talk about maybe some potential debates that we had uh at the top of the list um and then you know kind of we'll uh go from there so uh just like last time for the from the quarterback list tyler's list is stats based i'm glad that you put the the parentheses there to uh Avoid any con- any confusion there, and I'll be sure to uh, make that clear in the graphic this time as well. Uh, people on Twitter don't read anyway, so I mean, I don't <laughs> think that's going to really uh, make a huge difference here. Yeah, I tried. So uh, the APY, is that that's the financial, right? Yeah, just if you want to take a look at how these guys are paid and do the guys who are paid the most, do they make your list? Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so... Um, you guys cool you want me to go first you guys want to go first what's up i guess i'd probably go i'd probably rather go first or last just because mine's kind of adjacent all right uh we'll just go from right to left so tyler alex and then me okay from right to left then hopefully you guys have access to this but if not it's okay um so again stats base so you know sue me uh at number 12 if we're not doing honorable mentions yet uh, i have chris godwin obviously i'm sure you guys factored in the fact that he's going to miss part of the season as well but yeah. if i'm looking just at last year you know very different uh number 11 terry mclaurin who was not as far along statistically of like versus man you know than i would have guessed i or versus zone or versus double coverage repressed or whatever i was a bit surprised but still top you know 11 wide receiver this is the big surprise uh michael Pittman, a guy that i never really thought would have been in this situation particularly with carson wentz but on a regular basis, he was very, very good, obviously. So um, a surprise there for sure. Next up, the only 2020 stat I included was 2020 yards per route run. And that's only because I wanted to give some weight to players who have you know, did it last year, who were in the league. So this person would be higher and will be higher on uh, Alex's list at least. But Jamar Chase comes in here at number nine. Um because anyone who didn't play this year was ranked last in yards per route run in 2020, which seems kind of unfair. But like, I do want to give some weight to the guys who did play, you know, more than just one year in the league so far. And then number eight, I have AJ Brown. 
So not a particularly like no, there's no Jalen Hurts in here. I don't think it's just a surprise that maybe Michael Pittman is up so high. Yeah, um, Michael Pittman is is kind of a surprise, but also like, and this is something we'll talk about with Terry McLaurin as well. Uh, Carson Wentz still can throw a deep ball, right? And I think that you right. know, despite some of his issues at quarterback, he can elevate his receivers in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not super surprised to see Michael Pittman in here. And if you want a guy who's going to have like a, a second year jump, uh, I think Pittman's a really interesting candidate for that, even though, you know, coming out of the draft, he was not in any of our like top five wide receivers, uh, but certainly has the ability to, you know, uh, take that leap forward. Uh, okay. M- mine's not terribly different actually from Tyler's in, in a couple of respects. At number 12, uh, I have Terry McLaurin. Uh, At number 11, I have T. Higgins. At number 10, I have CeeDee Lamb. At number 9, I have A.J. Brown. And at number 8, I have Stephon Diggs. Um, So this one was... This tier is kind of the toughest to figure out and, and sort of prognosticate further. I personally, we talked about situation and, and how that plays a factor in these things and quarterback changes. Um, CD Lamb is going to have a real opportunity, I think, to be a top five wide receiver next year um, with Dallas kind of getting rid of Amari Cooper, having two wide receivers on the outside. And they're just going to put uh, CD Lamb in the slot where his numbers uh, there last year and versus man versus zone uh, in those situations are top five, uh, top four and top three, respectively. He is uh, someone that I think has a real chance to go up. Uh, so I put him, you know, obviously 23 years old, one of the youngest guys on this list, um, has limitless potential. So I just had to put him there. I hate the Cowboys, but he's <laughs> really good. Um, then AJ Brown is a name that I think is really interesting on this list, too. Obviously, switching teams um, from the Titans to the Eagles also had uh, knee surgery. Uh, so that's one where you talk about injury and ability to stay healthy. He didn't really demonstrate that in 2021 as much as he did in 2020. Um, but the numbers and specifically arts per route run, I, w- I was surprised to see how high he was on that list. He uh, is still you know, a dominating kind of receiver. Uh, obviously, his size is, is comparable with, with DK Metcalf um, and some of those guys. So there's just that intangible value he brings. Uh, yeah, and we, we sort of talked about Terry McLaurin a little bit already, but that guy, you know, you mentioned reception perception, uh, 94% uh, success rate versus man or zone uh, in terms of that. And 80%, uh, let me not butcher the exact stat here, but a career best 80.3 success rate versus zone, 94 percentile versus man and press. Uh, so that is a guy who is going to get an upgrade at quarterback and I think has a great chance to be in this top 10 next year. Uh, even though I have him just missing out this year, but he's worth every penny that Washington uh, just spent on him. Yeah. T. Higgins is, is Jamar Chase's running mate. Uh, maybe a surprise to see him, but I mean, thousand yard receiver last year, sort of limitless potential in that offense as well. Uh, and I, I think he sort of gets forgotten about because the Bengals took Jamar Chase, but they also got a really good receiver in 2020 as well. Uh, and his span from week 12 to week 18 uh, via PFF was a top five graded receiver in that span. 
Uh, mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something is really important to, you know, as he's going into 2022, right, how he finished 2021. Uh, and I think there's just limitless potential in that offense. So I have T Higgins uh, at number 11 and that's my 12 through eight. Yeah. T Higgins is surprisingly not that far off on the list. Like he almost would be an honorable mention at 15th and boy, the chart, I mean, not the chargers, the Bengals, they have three players in the top 21 at wide receiver, yeah. obviously Boyd Higgins and that, you know, Jamar chase guy. Uh, what a group, an outstanding group for sure. Yeah, so uh, let me talk about C.D. Lamb first and foremost because he he didn't make my top 12, but I think if there's anybody mm -hmm. outside of my top 12 that I would pick to make that jump, it would be C.D. Lamb. And obviously, you know, his uh, new job essentially as the wide receiver one in Dallas has a lot to do with it. But uh, I love C.D. Lamb coming out of college. He was my wide receiver one in that particular class in 2020. The fact that the Cowboys got him, I think, as the fourth receiver off the board, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> it was third. I uh, don't want to talk about that either. Or wait, was CD was was Rager fourth and CD fifth? CD Rager than Jefferson, wasn't it? No, yeah. Lamb was before Jefferson. The Eagles, yeah, to, than Jefferson. the Eagles tried to trade up with the Falcons in that draft, and they couldn't. So I think then it was uh, CD then Rager than Jefferson. Okay, so, um, but CD was after Rugs and Judy and yeah. someone else, I think. Rugs, Judy. Oh my God, I can't remember that draft. Okay, I'll Google it. You can keep talking. About it. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I, I've been a big CD Lamb since he was out of Oklahoma. I don't really understand what the Cowboys are doing in trading Amari Cooper, but I obviously for my CD Lamb stock, <laughs> it's going to be very fun to watch uh, him get into that same kind of category and he, and he really is almost there again one several of these younger guys are, are just right on the cusp but uh you know you're talking about cd lamb being third in contested catch percentage last year he was eighth in yards per reception he was ninth in yards per route run uh if you filter it to 50 percent uh targets on the season from pff so he's right on the cusp of being a top 12 wide receiver and once he you know, puts together a, a big, big season. I think you're you're talking about someone, but I obviously think you need to get there. Um, T. Higgins for me is kind of in a lower category, along with Mike Williams. I would put T. Higgins and Mike Williams kind mm -hmm. of in the same mm -hmm. spot as somebody that certainly could make the jump into the top twelve, but just because of kind of their numbers mm -hmm. in overall, I think it'll be tough for them. You know, T. Higgins uh, is you know, 26 in targets and 20th in reception. So he's never really going to have that kind of heavy yeah. workload. Um, and similarly to Mike Williams, uh, he's got a drop problem and he also has a lack of creating first downs problem. So um, I would put T Higgins and, and Mike Williams in a similar category. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. The only advantage I give to T Higgins, I just think a little bit more limber than mike williams is yeah i think i think mike sure. williams as an athlete um is certainly going up for those jump balls those 50 50 balls and did improve as a route runner in 2021 Absolutely. but uh, i think t higgins athleticism kind of uh, separates him a little bit from mike williams which is why i think i don't think he ever has potential to really get to the top five on this list jamar chase is on his own team uh but right if you talk about which one's more likely to be a top 10 receiver, I sort of give advantage Higgins. Uh, but, you know, you could also factor in the fact that Jamar Chase is 
kind of on the incline, Keenan Allen's on the decline, and that might require Mike Williams to take up more of the Chargers offense versus, you know, T. Higgins kind of being capped where he is. So mm-hmm. I, I certainly see the point. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right. So I'll, I'll do my top 12 now. I, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to make your list, but Deontay Johnson is going to be 12th for me. Um, talking about switching quarterbacks. I mean, going from the <laughs> corpse of Big Ben to whoever, Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, I think. Obviously not an upgrade overall from Big Ben, but you know, Deontay Johnson should be able to run more routes deeper than five yards at this point. So um, that should certainly be fun. But you're talking about a player who... Uh, it's kind of hovering around the top 10 in most categories. He was 15th in yards per route run, which is kind of his his lowest one there. But he was 7th in first downs generated. He had the 10th lowest drop, drop rate. Uh, and then he did have 1,000 yards, and he had a good season touchdown-wise uh, right there above Keenan Allen with seven touchdowns. So Deontay Johnson, I think, is is probably my one that I'm like most shaky about here. Um, like I said, I think you can make an argument for CeeDee Lamb, Michael Pittman mm-hmm. as well as players that are probably likely to jump him. Um, but I do think the numbers kind of point towards Deontay being a, a top 12 wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, at number 11, I do have Chris Godwin, another guy that I'm, I'm a big fan of, but I think you kind of have to take in, uh, into account the injury there. Right. And while right. he was, he did have a successful season, he wasn't, it was kind of a step back from last year, uh, from 2020, that is, where he went from kind of, top five in some categories, top 10 in a lot of categories. So you're talking about um, 13th in yards per route run, and you're talking about 12th in first downs created. So he did kind of take a step back. I want to say I had him at like eight in our rankings last year or something like that. So uh, I'm a big fan of his, but I think he is kind of lower on this year. Uh, Shout out Mama Shoon as always, uh, dropping a big super chat. (laughs) Tyler's birthday is this month. It is my birthday month. Yes, July 29th. So send me all the uh, money. (laughs) So next year, you're going to have your birthday and wedding in the same month. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll celebrate America's birthday, my birthday, (laughs) my wedding. Kyle Van Noy will be there for one of those things, I think. (laughs) That would be awesome. There we go. There we go. Um, All right. So number 10, I do have Terry McLaurin. Again, someone that we've kind of uh, talked about a lot already. Uh, and then number nine, I do have Mr. Keenan Allen. Of congrats the- on winning the poll, Stephen. Uh, this is a much congratulations <laughs> to winning the poll. Uh, this is a big it. victory for you after the last few. Uh, so I congratulate you on winning the poll. Thank and you. Uh, congratulations, uh, congratulations for Tyler's birth month as well. Yeah. So I, I think when you're talking about Keenan Allen, uh, again, of course, like you're talking about all these young players that probably end up jumping him after this year that we, we've kind of you know hammered that point down. But I think when you're talking about just like a overall impact on the game and everybody that you talk to, Hey, who are you studying this off season? Hey, who do you mm-hmm. compare yourself? Who do you want to be like? Everybody mentions Keenan Allen. And I think just kind of the respect that he carries around the league as a route runner, as a separator um, certainly carries a lot of weight. I don't think his overall statistics kind of merit putting him in the top seven. Um, but I do think mm-hmm. obviously he he's top five in first downs created still. Um, top five in third down production. So he's, he's one of the more clutch receivers in the league. And I think he obviously is worth talking about. Uh, and then number eight, I do have AJ Brown uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles. When I did my, when I did my own personal list, I, I only filtered it to uh, 
receivers who had a thousand yards this past year. Obviously, AJ Brown did not have a thousand yards last year because he was injured a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think when healthy, you're talking about one of the more physically explosive receivers in the league, somebody that can kind of just do a lot of everything, be a power slot, be a backside Z, be a front side X, uh, that I think is going to complement Devontae Smith very, very well in Philadelphia. Yeah, so A.J. Brown, pretty similar for all of us. Terry McLaurin, pretty similar for all of us. Um, I don't know if Godwin was in Alex's honorable mention or not. Uh, But yeah, Keenan Allen is definitely the big one. Uh, Statistically, so both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are not on the list. Keenan Allen is 19th and Mike Williams is 24th. Um, Again, that does include 2020 yards per route runs. That does give Allen a bit more separation there. Sure. Um, Yeah, like the numbers aren't fantastic. And, And for a guy who's making top 10 money, I think it's like top nine or eight money right now. You know, you want to see Keenan on have more production, but my little project this summer has been watching these guys, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and eventually I'll get to Guyton and Palmer and just charting every single one of their plays. Every single one of their routes is charted. I've scored each one of them. I've kept the numbers or whatever. And that'll kind of be like my own mini, you know, pro football focus. And while Mike Williams was very productive and, you know, and, and pretty good, especially to start the season, I, I'm, I'm up through the buy on Mike Williams and only four games for Keenan Allen, but Mike Williams production just felt like it was, I don't mean like put him down for this, but it was a product of him being a physical specimen. And, you know, there was some work in there where he's, you know, showed some route running chops, a couple of fades, you know, against the chiefs and whatnot, but it's, it feels like it's a production of who he was born as, I suppose. Keenan (laughs) Allen is very talented too. Yeah. Um, But he's, he's obviously less physically imposing, but, there's a difference. Like one of these players, Mike Williams is just a, a great like NFL football player, but Keenan Allen is a master of his craft and and a full artist. And and watching these two, now that I have watched every single play, wherever Mike Williams is, Keenan Allen is definitely in a tier above that. Just watching these two players work, even if you can get the same amount of production and, and listen, maybe you prefer a Mike Williams type. That's very possible, but watching these two work, there's a clear gap between these two guys in how they are wide receivers. Keenan Allen is amazing and, and putting these guys truly through hell every time he's on the field. His work versus you know press versus man. The surprising thing really is that when when press, and even statistically this is true, but just watching it versus press, Keenan Allen is better than Mike Williams. He is much better fighting off press coverage than Mike Williams is. He's more savvy. He's more nuanced. It's a real privilege watching Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is awesome to watch, and there's some highlight plays for sure, but it's a true privilege to watch Keenan Allen. So he's not in the top 10 or top 12. Again, he's 19 statistically, but I would put him in the top 10 because I just can't imagine yeah. there are 10 other players who are better at what they do than Keenan Allen. And I'm really glad, glad you brought up the perception around the league because even if you know the stats don't point to a top 10 player or even a top 15 player, that everybody talks about Keenan Allen like a t- top 10 player. Was it Julian Edelman who said he's a top? Like, he yeah, Edelman had him top three. Yeah, Top three. And, you know, I, I wouldn't put him top three. Personally, I think the stats have to merit a top three. But, like, people just respect him. And so, you know, with the production, the consistency, or not the production, some production, the consistency, what he does on film, the respect around the league, I probably would have him about where you have him right now. Um, but just based on stats, no, not not even close to the top 15. Yeah, I think Keenan is obviously kind of one of the the premier arguments for like film impact, 
consistency on a down-to-down basis versus statistics because I think you know you look at a lot of these players on this list like I'm not like I would rather have Keenan Allen on my team than Deontay Johnson and I would probably have rather have him than AJ Brown just because he's so consistent on a play-to-play basis on a game-to-game basis you know exactly what you're going to get and sure it might not necessarily have that top gear that some of these other players have but I think just kind of like the tone that he sets for your team from a consistency standpoint really matters for you and um, you know, he is playing with a bunch of other guys, right? Like, you know, AJ Brown was pretty much the only option in Tennessee that had, would command a lot of targets. Terry McLaurin, the only option in Washington. Uh, obviously, Chris Godwin has to share a lot of uh, the workload too. But I mean, Keenan Allen has Mike Williams. He has Jared Cook slash Hunter Henry. He has Austin Eckler, all commanding a ton of targets. So I think if you put Keenan Allen in a situation where he doesn't really have a bona fide number two or a bona fide top five receiving running back you probably are talking about a, a better statistic output for keith allen so um you know i, I think it's an interesting interesting conversation for sure definitely taking keenan allen over mike evans i feel like that's pretty clear at this point um mike evans was him and deandre hopkins i think are in similar tiers for me where it's like they're probably still top 15 but they're hanging on by a thread because of how much they have regressed in their age the thing with Keenan Allen, though, is, is that if the numbers do decline again next year, I probably will have to push him out of the top yeah. 10. I mean, he's already close as is, but these young guys, like if we have another couple of receivers come in and just, just if Garrett Wilson just destroys, nah, nah, I won't put him over Garrett Wilson or behind Garrett <laughs> Wilson. I, there's not really a really great wide receiver in this group, but if for some reason there's another Jamar Chase type season, good luck. Uh, you know, I think you do have to consider and and if Allen continues to decline or if he even just is, is hurt for, you know, a number of games, it, it will be time to move him out of the top 10. But even that's not like, not like a slight on him. It's just these receivers are so good. Like the top 25 wide receivers are pretty freaking good. Like this is a good group of wide receivers we're watching right now. Yeah, I guess it's time for the big reveal. Uh, I don't have Keenan Allen in my top 12 <laughs> or my top 10. Um but yeah, like Tyler just said, I think that's less of a product of Keenan declining and just more how many guys around the league there are. Um, and the sheer fact that I could think of like 12 or 13 that, uh, you know, are like debatable with Keenan Allen, you know, that was a different position than we, what we were in last year where, you know, I thought really you could rank Keenan Allen anywhere from like six to eight last year going into the season and then you have the emergence of all of these guys that just kind of like came out of nowhere, or I, I shouldn't say came out of nowhere, but really came up at the same time and, and had their explosive seasons. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Keenan Allen is going to get you 90 to 100 receptions and he's going to get you a thousand yards, right? He, he wakes up out of bed and he does that uh, every year and there shouldn't be any doubt that he's going to do that again next year. Uh, and that's something you could talk about with consistency. Um, and, and a reason to have him in the top 10, I suppose. But um, the, the decline aspect, I, when we talk about something like separation, when we talk about something like yards per route run, that is to me the real concern because Keenan Allen has sort of predicated his game on being a separation creator, on being a route runner, like Julian Edelman um, said this week, right? Uh, and is has been one of those guys along with Devontae Adams. Uh, 538, I think back in 2020 did, uh, study where they did separation over expected uh, as a statistic and Keenan Allen's 2017 season I think Devontae Adams 2017 season were you know one of the two top uh, 
single season outputs in terms of separation over expected. So, you know, we talked about Keenan Allen and yards per route run, all of these things he can do. But if you look at the last couple of years, Keenan Allen has gone from fifth in 2017 from yards to route run uh, to 35th. I mean, that, that's that's something that I think is worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, had the month and a half stretch of the season where uh, he sort of fell off and, and didn't really have a game that was over 80 yards over the back stretch of the season. Um, his production on the outside was much better than his production in the slot, where he did play an, an increasing amount of time this year. So for me, it's just more the decline that I think is coming for Keenan Allen and also in addition to the amount of guys around the league who are coming up right now. So yeah, I totally see why someone would have Keenan Allen as a top 10 receiver this year. Um, but I don't think Keenan Allen is going to be a top 10 receiver next year. So this is a little bit of projection. Uh, and yeah, no, like I just, you know, we, we haven't even mentioned Devonta Smith. We haven't even mentioned Jalen Waddle. We haven't even mentioned the guys that came out this year. Like Tyler yeah. just said, there's so many guys that I think are going to have opportunities, uh, you know, to really vault their names up this list. We haven't talked about DK Metcalf. I don't think he's in any of our top tens. Tyler Lockett, they're challenged at quarterback, but yeah. <laughs> they're very good players. Michael Thomas is coming back. I, yeah. I have no idea what to expect. I just put a gigantic question mark. I didn't have him in my top 15 <laughs> or 20 gosh, rankings. No. But yeah. when he was when he was healthy in 20 uh, 2019, he I mean he was a top three receiver uh in this league. I, I don't think that's a stretch to say at all. Plus, I talked about the young guys in, in Waddle and Smith who could potentially make this list next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's really much of a slight on Keenan Allen, but he is 30. The advanced analytics and the thing that he bases his game on in terms of being a route runner, those have all visually and statistically decreased over time. And I think that is the real problem with ranking Keenan in the top 10. Yeah, and I think just unless Tyler has something else here to add on Keenan, I I think the the feather in his cap right now is obviously, you know, first downs creating a third down performance and him just being that clutch go-to receiver when Justin Herbert needs him to be if those numbers fall off I think then obviously you're talking about Mm -hmm. him falling out of the top 12 and and like Alex is mentioning there are so many other guys that could have a legitimate argument um so Tyler do you have anything else on Keenan Allen yeah I was just uh, more of a question because for for me to look into more because I'm curious if the shift in how teams have played against Justin Herbert changes how things are against Keenan on because you know it's not like he's top 10 but in how I have it you know yards per route run versus man and success rate versus man he's 13th and 14th but when you play zone it's he's 32nd 33rd you know 23rd really double teams yeah so there's there's a huge difference in how he plays versus man versus zone where it's actually the opposite from Mike Williams who's um 13th versus zone and 23rd versus zone Keenan Allen 32nd 33rd so I'm curious if the way they played Rivers or just the way they're changing how they played Herbert changes Allen's production because, again, versus man, not, he's not top 10, but he's 13th and 14th. But that's a huge drop to, you know, 32nd, yeah. 33rd when you split it up into zone. So are you trying to think if they if other teams play more zone against the Chargers, how does that have an effect against Keenan and obviously Justin Herbert? Yeah, potentially. I mean, we even saw like the most zone in the AFC West probably this past year with Gus Bradley. And I'm curious, like, did that, you know, change anything? And I can't yeah. do that for every wide receiver. Like, that's a whole lot of moving parts and stuff to do. Right. But I would just be curious how maybe how that trend has shifted 
either yeah. from Rivers or just year to year because of the changes in defensive schemes the quarterbacks are facing. Yeah, that is really interesting. Uh, I would have guessed heading into this conversation that that would be the opposite, that Keenan Allen would be better versus zone than man, and Michael Williams would be better versus man than zone. So interesting there. A yeah. uh, couple questions that I wanted to get to. Uh, Hunter Renfro, very interesting case. Where did you guys have him, if at all? 20th uh right after keenan allen i did not rank him uh in inside my top like 15 slash 16 that i have over here he probably would have been the next guy after that and i think there's certainly an argument for it uh, that anthony treesh article that i just mentioned actually had hunter renfro at 10 um so you know you're kidding i'm not kidding uh just, this is directly from the article he got 96.5% of the catchable targets thrown his way from that alignment, the fourth yeah. highest rate in the NFL, uh, and Renfro's separation rate against single coverage placed 93rd uh, percentile in the 2021 season. So that was the the argument and statistical basis for having Hunter Renfro as a top 10 guy. Um, I would not put him there um, because, I, I mean, no. he's kind of like, <laughs> he's kind of like Cooper Cup if he could only do one thing, and he does that one thing really well. And, and bite-sized. Right, and a bite-sized version of Cooper Cup. He's kind of like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's tough when we're talking about all these wide receivers who do different things and are more versatile than him as well. Um, so I think there's certainly an argument for Hunter Renfro, but I just need to be able to see him do more things as a receiver than the already great, you know, hey, look, you nailed that diamond route. It was great. Uh, but I kind of would like to see a little bit more than that going forward. But I kind of get why someone would have him in their top 10 or top 15. Um, but I'm sort of a hit the brakes guy on that. Plus, if we're talking about production, Devontae is entering the wide receiver room, and, and that can obviously present yeah. its own challenges for his production going forward as well. Yeah, and you know Darren Waller is going to be significantly healthier this year, you would have to mm -hmm. think as well. And I think Waller ended up missing like, six games last year so you know hunter renfro getting all those targets i think certainly kind of influences here i, I think he's absolutely a top 20 guy um but i, I don't think he's That's... i would have a tough time putting him in my top 15 so i, I yeah. think he's firmly in that 15 to 20 category i mean as, as chargers fans learned he's he's probably the best special teams player on this list <laughs> based on the, based on the hit on Devon campbell um probably but is. I, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't rank him uh... higher than 15 probably yeah. yeah, wrong speedy on the same page. He does two things. He also jacks up Campbell on special teams. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the other question I wanted to ask before we move on here. Uh, these rookie receivers are really interesting to watch because we heard a lot that this class doesn't necessarily have a top guy. But mm -hmm. you're looking at, you know, Drake London being in a very poor situation where they're going to pass a ton. Garrett Wilson, similar kind of conversation, but he's in a yeah. much more crowded receiver room. Chris Olave, I'd be pretty surprised if he makes a jump into the top 20 conversation. Jameson Williams injured. Jahan Dotson mm -hmm. kind of overdrafted. Traylon Burks potentially out of shape in training camp in Tennessee. No. <laughs> so um, is Drake London really the only guy that we could potentially see make this list? Or do you guys have somebody else that you think could uh, surprise a little bit? In theory, I, mean, I could see a Lave. Well, dependent on the health on of Thomas. Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Because if Michael Thomas is still injured, and if there is a situation where he doesn't play large 
uh, snaps or a significant portion of this year, then I think Olave could certainly eat up that volume. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a tough one uh, because, I mean, he's playing with Elijah Moore and also Zach Wilson is one of the toughest guys to project in this league in terms of where he's going to be. Um, wrong, C- wrong Speedy just said it in the chat. Sky Moore? Honestly, it's possible. I would not say that he's going to be in the top 10. But, I mean, if they really can kind of fit him in that Tyreek role, uh, and he's the most natural replacement in addition to what they're doing with, um, obviously, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, plus Travis Kelsey, like, I think he'll have a lot of opportunities for himself uh, in that offense. Um, God, they're just, they reloaded a receiver and Justin Ross is fighting to make the team. Um, it's, it's insufferable how good they're going to be. And, um, I guess Christian Watson deserves mention also, um, because of Devontae leaving Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. In general though, I think the wide receivers this year are not nearly as good as the wide receivers last year. And I just mentioned Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. I think those guys are guys that we're probably not going to mention in the top 15 for 2022, Mm -hmm. you know, doing this list, but both of them, I think get in the top 10 if they wanted to next year, Uh, even though their problems are AJ Brown and uh, Tyreek Hill are in the top 10, both of them on their own merits could very easily be top 10 wide receivers. So I kind of would bet on them making it more so than the rookies, but there's always a possibility for Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, if he's healthy. Yeah, it's tough. Our our favorite wide receivers, Steven's favorite went to Marcus Mariota. Alex's <laughs> went to the Jets with Zach Wilson. And my favorite wide receiver before I switched it, uh, Traylon Burks, he's now overweight. So he's pulling a Kelvin Benjamin. So we're really not in great spots for our favorite wide receivers. I mean, the Lions are obviously very high on Jamison Williams. They traded from 32 for him. But right. you have Jared Goff as your quarterback. I guess the sneaky pick, if you had to think of somebody else, like who develops wide receivers better than the Pittsburgh Steelers? Really, there's not a lot of teams that can do that. And George Pickens was potentially going to be a top wide receiver in this yeah. class. He just got hurt. So if Pickens rounds into form, now he does have a quarterback issue situation like a lot of these guys. But the Steelers know how to make wide receivers work, and they're high on Pipkins, obviously. Or Pipkins. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that all year. Of course. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been saying it the last three years, really. I mean. Yeah, if the Steelers are high on Pipkins, though, they can have him. I'll trade you for Pipkins. They can have like, Pipkins, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Send us Calvin Austin in return. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it just depends on how these rookies click with the superior quarterbacks. Like, if right. Rodgers clicks with Watson, it could be him. If it's Sky Moore, it could be him. Um, I, I guess we'll see. I don't really feel good about any of these guys. I don't think it's Tyquan Thornton to the Patriots. I'll say that much. <laughs> I'll mention another 2021 guy. Uh, we just talked about Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. Uh, there's a there's a spot in Baltimore, and if Rashad Bateman's yeah. healthy, yeah. I mean, I, I think that is the one where I I don't think he's going to have a top 10 jump, but I could see him being in this top 15 conversation night. I don't know if I would take Rashad Bateman over Garrett Wilson, but like he was a wide receiver four in that class, and arguably he'd probably be like the second or third guy off the board uh in 2022 um you can make yeah. that case for him just based on his potential obviously that baltimore does their offense and if lamar jackson could stay healthy but I, I don't hate that as a potential addition to this list too yeah i mean he's unquestionably the wide receiver one there and and mark reese brown hollywood brown is obviously i i think he's 
not worth nearly what the Arizona Cardinals traded for him, but he was <laughs> his statistics are kind of hovering in this same kind of top 15, top 20 category. And, and obviously that's a lot of uh, targets that could be had for uh, a guy like Rashad Bateman. So I, I think that's a really good call, Alex. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, all right, let's get back to the list here. Tyler, uh, give us your seven through four of course stats based uh, 47 minutes in and we're on number seven i know look fast know. uh we'll cd lamb uh okay. tyree kill which is i thought it'd be a little higher here's the big surprise obviously deontay johnson like you said the numbers just favored the hell out of him and good for him for surviving all that situation uh then stefan Diggs. so i have seven cd lamb six tyree kill five deontay johnson four stefan Diggs. No, I mean, you know, some of these guys, not a huge surprise CD lamb, I guess, but Deontay Johnson being up here, I feel like just nobody talks about him, you know, yeah. being up here with these guys. And yet here we are, you know, statistically top five wide receiver. So a bit of a surprise there. Yeah. Him and uh, Terry McLaurin are, are uh, obviously very happy at the way the wide receiver market has been paying out. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson has not gotten his extension yet, but uh, I think he's well on his way. Uh, top 12 on both of our lists. Is he going to be in your group right here, Alex? No, uh, not top 12 on my list. Although I have like 15 guys I can put in honorable mentions and he would yeah. be one of them <laughs> just yeah. based on how we do this receiver class. Um, but he would probably be just outside for me. Although, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, based on the analytics and based on the fact that he should have an upgrade at quarterback this year and can he pick it um, mm. compared to what Big Ben and, Mason Rudolph, where last year um, he, he should be a lot uh, better and have more opportunities, although there is the, the draw problem that we do talk about with him a little bit as well. Uh, so I, I can see him certainly making this list next year. Uh, all right. I will do my seven to four. Number seven, I have DeAndre Hopkins. At number six, I have Tyreek Hill. Um, at number five, I have Jamar Chase. And at number four, I have Debo Samuel. 
So for what it's worth, Deontay Johnson actually had the lowest drop rate in the league oh. last year. <laughs> Maybe I'll think of another season. Maybe 2020. There was one of those. Steelers no, 2020 was, that was definitely, definitely a bad. thing. Yeah. yeah. 2020 was very bad. Look, COVID has meshed the last two years together. So he, yeah. he's, you know, hopefully what happened for him in 2021 happens for the Chargers receivers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Debo is a very interesting one because there's a lot of categories where he's very high in. But then mm -hmm. when I talk about a drop problem, I think I had him. Yeah. If you filter it to 50% like I did, of course, you're talking about, let me make sure I get this right, 23rd uh, lowest drop rate. So obviously that means he's very high and much higher than you want him to be. Mm -hmm. um, and then you obviously have to take into account his ability as a runner and kind of what his role is there. So I don't have him at four, but he's he's in my top seven. But I think he's just like a really tough evaluation for me from right. a purely wide receiver standpoint. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a tough evaluation because, I mean, sort of in the sense that we talked about with like Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, like those are the route running technicians. Cooper Cup, you know, is in that category as well. He would, Cooper Cup was actually number one in yards per route run this year. Um, so Debo Samuel does not fall into that, but it's like, it's impossible to look at what he does at yards after catch and have him lower than five, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> um, you know, it, he ranks uh, third in the NFL in the percentage of targets that resulted in a 15 plus yard gain. Uh, average, what, 18 yards after the catch? Uh, he's insane. Uh, 20 yeah. broken tackles, 4.7 yards after contact <laughs> on carries. So uh, the running back thing is going to be interesting too, depending on how they negotiate his new contract, what they want his role to be. If you know, plus the quarterback change that should be happening in San Francisco. Although Jimmy G is staying around for a peculiar amount of time. Um, so yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but that should theoretically lower Debo Samuel's production, but um, he he's the most explosive guy on this list. I think not by far because obviously Tyreek and, and Jamar certainly in that category of, of explosive guys, but yeah, uh, I, I think that he no one matches what he does after the catch, uh, at least yeah. in 2021. That was the case, mm -hmm. and so I couldn't put him any lower than four. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yards per reception isn't necessarily like a hugely important statistic at this yeah. point when how we look at receivers, but Debo Samuel was number one on that yeah. list if you filter to 50%. And I think obviously a lot of that is what he does after the catch because it's not like Debo is running a, a ton of go balls or anything like that. So um, again, he's in my top seven, but I think he is kind of a, a tough evaluation just because of what he does and how he does it. Yeah, he was all over the place because there are some things, you know, first in yards per route run versus zone or first in yards after the catch per reception. Like there's some amazing, you know, top five numbers in here, but then he's, you know, on the other side of that, 47th out of 50 versus press, 32nd versus man. And that does have me Jeez. wondering, how does he function as a, like a Keenan Allen kind of wide receiver? Like, how does he function lined up against another corner, press, man, whatever? How does he look in those situations? Because he's he's fifth in success versus zone and first in yards per route run versus zone. But again, 47th versus press, 32nd versus man. How does he look? when it comes to being a more of a wide receiver. And if he does want to be more used like a wide receiver this year, can he do it again? Can he maintain this production, but as a more traditional, I suppose, wide receiver where he's taking, you know, less not carries because this is more of a receiving thing, but I don't know if, if he's asked to be more of a traditional wide receiver, like he wants to be and, and paid like one, can he hold up? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, 
you know, you're talking about somebody who, of course, is trying to get paid like that. But I think from a draft standpoint, like this is why I take such an issue with like everybody trying to compare X prospect to Debo Samuel. He's such an anomaly statistically mm-hmm. and what he does on the field that I think it's so hard to find a player like him and, and replicate his specific role and talent. So um, definitely. Where did he end up on the statistics list? 13th. He was just an honorable mention. Greg, again, okay. great stats in some areas and then just like 47th in another one. Yeah. So he couldn't quite crack the top 12. Yeah. I feel like that's fair. Uh, big shout out to Frank Blakely dropping a, a super chat. Hope you guys have a happy 4th of July as well. Uh, putting the 13 year old through a workout right now. Hope he's uh, learning some good lessons. Frank is a great guy. <laughs> so I uh, wish him nothing but the best. Um, all right. Number seven for me. Uh, I do have, let me make sure I pull up the right list here. So I do have Debo at seven. Uh, and then I have Jamar Chase at six, Stefan Diggs at five, and then Tyreek Hill at number four. Um, I feel like the Tyreek Hill thing is obviously something to keep an eye on because I mean, Miami's going to be running a lot more short routes than what he was experiencing in Kansas city. So how does that kind of affect his role? I mean, you're, <laughs> Jalen Waddle's numbers are just kind of like hilarious to me because you you, <laughs> yeah. you look at Jalen Waddle right and like what he did at Alabama with Tua versus what he did in Miami with Tua and it is a ton of slants, a ton of hugs, mm-hmm. a ton of you know drags and short routes. So very curious to see where Tyreek ends up. I think you could certainly make an argument that for him to be lower, uh, we all we all have him in this four to six range, and I feel like obviously a lot of that is based off of what we know about Tyreek Hill, but. Um, if there's anybody in my top seven that I feel like if everybody's healthy, of course, if, if anybody kind of falls out of the top seven, I almost feel like Tyreek would be my pick yeah. just because of his situation. So very curious to see where Tyreek is at. But I think ultimately, based off of what we've seen from him, he has to be in the, at least in the top seven. Yeah, of your top seven, I guess I don't, I don't know who your first three are, but I, I can assume who they are. Yeah, it does seem like Tyreek Hill would be that guy. But we'll see. Like, if they can replicate the San Francisco system that's been so good for Debo, and Tyreek Hill's a far superior wide receiver, like, prospect, I suppose, you know, I think he could stick around. But, yeah, he definitely the most variance here. I'm surprised that Stefan Diggs isn't higher. I mean, I guess he's fourth for stats, but, like, eighth. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people consider him, like, another tier higher than than someone like uh, Keenan Allen. So I guess I'm surprised to see him at fifth and eighth for you guys. Um, I mean, Stefan Diggs is still really good. Uh, and if you're just talking about those route runner technician guys, like, I mean, he's up there with Keenan Allen and, and everyone as well. Um, I just think, again, there's more explosive athletes, like even though Debo's, you know, 47th in some receiving stat, like it's impossible for me to leave him out of the top five, um, mm-hmm. based on what he can do in the field maybe there's probably some statistics where Stefan Diggs is better than Jamar, but I'm not taking him over Jamar going forward. Um, and I actually think based on how we've done the top uh, or the list at this point, the top three seems to be pretty universal uh, in terms of the guys that we're going to have in it. So mm-hmm. for me, I think Diggs probably could go higher on this list. Um, but like, that's sort of just basing it off a of career. I could put him over DeAndre Hopkins and I totally see why someone would too. Um, but I, I do think DeAndre Hopkins is sort of factoring in 2020 stuff as well. Still merits um, high placement for me based on the fact that he's yeah. a top two receiver. Yeah, I, was, 
going into that season. Um, but yeah, Diggs is just, I think he's a step below that first tier of guys, um, mm-hmm. but certainly still top 10 guy. Yeah. For me, I, I look at Stefan Diggs in a very similar vein as how I look at Keenan Allen in a sense, if that makes sense. And, you yeah, know, yeah. I think he's obviously a little bit more athletic, but um, again, one of the better performers on third down, he was tied with Keenan Allen for fifth in first downs created. He had the fifth lowest drop rate. So if you're talking about like comparing him versus Chase versus Debo Samuel versus uh, Tyree Kill, for me, it's just a consistency thing where he is just very even keel across the board in how he ranks and, and how he plays. And again, just that value that he creates in creating first downs and yeah. not really dropping the ball all that much. And, and like, I, I think if you're comparing him directly to Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase had the 21st highest drop rate, which means he was, uh, I think, like fifth in in, in drop rate. Uh, and then he only he was 10th in first downs created. So that, that that's kind of a, a very small, limited window. Right. And obviously, you know, Jamar Chase gets to play with his college quarterback. And again, if you're breaking ties, I think for me, just like the consistency thing is what does it for Diggs versus Chase, Samuel, A.J. Brown and that crowd. Yeah, that's fair. Gotcha. All right. Ready for the top three? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, Darnell Mooney is not in the top three. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Good guy, I'm sure. But, I mean, maybe he... If he were in a better situation, he could be uh, potentially <laughs> in the, you know, honorable mention category. But uh, yeah. it's going to be tough for him. And yeah, so number really three much. is my uh, fantastic fantasy pick that never pans out because I, I suck at fantasy football. Uh, Justin Jefferson, number three. Uh, number two, Cooper Cup. I, that's just not probably a huge surprise. Uh, number one, a guy who has just it just statistically crushed everybody. Like I've, I just the difference between him and everybody else. He's yeah. like in his own separate tier, and that even goes for last year, where I believe he was first as well. Now, you know, I'm sure you guys might have some. You know, you might not put him first because he is going to a different quarterback situation. But what he's done and how good he is at it. You know, top five and in, in everything you want, man. You want press. You want zone after the catch. You name it. Like he's just really good at everything. It's such a surprise. Yeah. So I have the exact same top three: Jefferson, okay. Cooper Cup, and Devonte Adams. So you can go ahead and, and copy and paste my my list over there. Um, the quarterback thing for Devonte, I'm honestly not super worried about it. I mean, you're talking about a very similar scheme offensively, so he's going to be doing very similar things. Uh, we, I just talked about, you know, the benefit of going to your college quarterback for Jamar Chase. He's going to his college quarterback and Derek Carr. And we also talked about how he kind of just peppered Hunter Renfro with targets because he was his number one guy. And we've seen, we've seen Derek Carr do enough to support a number one wide receiver. And, you know, just from like a purely efficiency standpoint, like Darren Waller is better than anybody that Devontae Adams has played with as a running mate. So I think, he's going to take plenty of enough attention away from Devontae. So I'm genuinely not concerned at all about Devontae Adams' situation, affecting his statistics, affecting his output. I think he just really is that dude. Uh, You're not going to copy and paste it for me. I have a little bit of a different list. Yeah, Uh, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Oh, wait, are one of those three guys not in your top three? No, they're all in my top three. Okay, okay. Um, Three, I have Justin Jefferson. Uh, two, I have Devontae Adams, and number one, I have Cooper Cup. 
Um, I think that's fair, right? I mean, we <laughs> saw Cooper Cup do something that we haven't seen since Randy Moss. So it's, I, I have no issues yeah. with this. No, um, I, I think you could debate it. Um, th- those are the clear top two. I think Justin Jefferson sort of falls into that um, second tier that we just discussed. Uh, like to me, this is a top two and then everybody else. The season that he had last year, almost 2,000 yards. Uh, in terms of yards per route run, we, we've mentioned that a lot with Keenan Allen and some of those guys. He was number one, and not just number one. He had the highest yards per route run output in a season since 2016 Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, 2016 Julio Jones, I'll, uh, you know, uh, that is something that I is kind of unbelievable. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is the... Number zero is in not going to be on the team this year. Um, Isn't he switching to tight end? Yeah, I, I don't care about that. Oh, I'll put him <laughs> later then. Okay. Yeah, put him in the tight end rankings. So yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> save that one, please. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned about the Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr move. Also because, like, it, it's not a Patrick Mahomes to Tua situation where it's a, a huge chemistry issue either. I mean, both those guys obviously played – um, in college together, they're, they have that connection. And they're, you know, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers are not similar uh, quarterbacks in terms of quality, but they are similar pocket passers, right? Like they're not, uh, you're not reinventing the wheel going from one to the other versus I think the decline in arm strength, certainly from Mahomes to two is significant. Um, and then just not having that chemistry that those two have developed is significant as well. Um, so I'm not really concerned about it, but I think you look at, uh what cooper cup was able to do this year yeah arguably to me the most valuable receiver on any team um with how the season played out for the rams because at one point after robert woods goes down and they sign odell beckham their receiving unit was like uh you have van jefferson Odell injured learning a new system and like Ben Skoranek behind cooper cup and obviously odell played a huge part for them down the stretch but I mean, it was not a great wide receiver group, and they're bringing in Allen Robinson uh, to fortify that group this year, uh, and he, Cooper Cup's going to be able to play with him. I just think the sky's the limit for Cooper Cup, and there's no reason, you know, maybe people were right off this season as a fluke for him, but I think he's in a position where if you're looking at someone t- who's most likely to stay in the top 10 next year, it's probably him. Uh, he's, I don't know if he's going to have 2,000, you know, nearly 2,000 yards again, um based on how the rams run their offense but i I think he's the most valuable arguably position player to an offense except maybe derrick henry to the titans just because of how their offense works um but yeah to me cooper cup and Devontae adams is an interesting conversation but i'd put cooper cup one yeah you know he's kind of having a a similar impact on the game right now as jalen ramsey is who's playing opposite of him because you know everybody's trying to get their main receiver in the slot in this same kind of role and justin jefferson has uh, himself kind of talked about what his role is going to be in minnesota being very similar to what cooper cup does and i think uh, again just the consistency factor alex mentioned number one in yards per route run he was first and first downs created as well um i believe he was second and third down uh efficiency rating so someone that was basically in the top three in, in pretty much every category. So I don't hate having Cooper Cup number one, especially after he he earned the first triple crown since Randy Moss. So I think that yeah. is uh, more than fine. And I think obviously we're not ranking them for how they block right, but of course I have to mention <laughs> this. I think Cooper Cup probably the best blocking receiver among there everybody that's in the top twenty-five. So again, that's not necessarily something that people will talk about when it mm-hmm. comes to this kind of ranking list. 
But I think what he does from their run game perspective is something that kind of points to that value that Alex is talking about as well. I guess if I'm talking about run blocking and bringing up the Chargers <laughs> wide receivers, uh, Keenan Allen is a far superior run blocker as well than Mike Williams, uh, or just blocker in general. 100%. They'd even bring him in, you know, almost like a, an extra tight end to block for, for <laughs> things. And Keenan Allen is just, is just much better at that. Yeah, Another reason to keep him in the top 10 over Mike Williams. I think Josh Palmer is a, a better blocker than Mike Williams as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're getting there with Jalen Guyton and Mike Williams. Maybe uh, that's more of a discussion. Yeah. Um, definitely wanted to talk about Justin Jefferson, though. I mean, I, I think obviously a lot of us had a lot of fun with the Justin Herbert versus Justin Jefferson <laughs> thing last year. Um, and, and, you know, if you're looking at a different season, right, like Justin Jefferson is the rookie of the year. He's an all-pro player in the first two years. And, you know, we'll see about Jamar Chase if he, can, if he can have a similar impact, right? But, I mean, Justin Jefferson, arguably one of the best receivers that we've seen from day one enter the yeah. league. And, you know, I was just so impressed with how he finished in these rankings. You know, he was obviously second in yards, fifth in touchdowns, uh, fourth in yards per route run, fourth in first downs created. Um, his drop rate needs a little work. Uh, he was he had the 15th lowest. So obviously that means he's higher on the list than you want to. So if you're talking about kind of what separates him and how he can maybe solidify himself in that first tier, because I, I do agree with Alex that it is Cooper Cup, Devonta Adams in their own tier. And then, you know, you're kind of talking about the, the second tier. So if Justin Jefferson gets a handle on that drop rate, I think you could potentially see him solidify himself into that first tier. But he's. He's just so good, man. And you're talking about, you know, playing in, with Kirk Cousins, right? And right. not necessarily having that same kind of ceiling due to, you know, the Kirk Cousins offense. And he's also been in a Mike Zimmer run first offense. And he's still putting up these, you know, very high statistically output seasons. And so uh, I think getting him into the Shanahan uh, system is going to be very, very good for him. Yeah, I, I think what we're going to be talking about with these lists as, as the years go on and the you know kind of rankings go on. I think this is about to be Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase's league uh, for four years to yeah, come. And uh, when you talk about outside versus press, Jefferson uh, is number one at 3.29 yards per route run. Jamar Chase is number two mm -hmm. at 2.77. Um, yeah, he, he, makes the Philadelphia Eagles eat shit every single day. Um, that he <laughs> well, everybody in the league. Yeah, that, that too. Um, but man, uh, I did not expect him to be as good as he was coming out of college. And it's specifically because he wasn't as good versus press uh, coverage when he was in college. And then coming into the NFL, uh, he just made a very quick transition to be able to uh, be top, I, I would honestly say probably not last year top three. I think most people would have been in the top 10 last year, but this year just undoubtedly in that category, his effect on the offense. Um, I guess it'll be interesting to see for him what the change in the Vikings offense is because they've sort of talked about opening it up, um, you know, with the, the staff and what they're doing there as opposed to, you know, what Mike Zimmer was doing uh on offense for for large stretches so I, I think the offensive change there and philosophy will be interesting uh to see how they give justin jefferson a little bit more room to work um because if so then i think justin jefferson has a chance to certainly climb this list um even further than he already has so yeah I, I, justin jefferson's a stud 
Yes, he is. Um, I have three keepers and no draft picks this year. Uh, so Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase really will have to carry me. <laughs> well, luckily you have those two players and not, you know, like uh, DJ Moore and like Amari Cooper or something like that. No, I have Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley. <laughs> so you know <laughs> um all right well we'll get to our honorable mentions uh, and then we'll kind of wrap up this conversation obviously we've been over an hour again uh, at some point we'll figure out how to uh <laughs> no, talk won't. less than an hour but uh so my honorable mention i'm gonna put michael Pittman there for me um somebody that just really backed up what i felt uh watching him in college and he's he's right on the cusp of like top 15 in, in several statistics that I think should have him kind of jump into that category. Uh, very unsurprised to see him have the fourth best contested catch percentage. Obviously, that's mm -hmm. kind of what he did best at uh, USC. Um, but he was 13th in route in yards per route run and 13th in first downs created. So uh, for me, I think you know you could talk yourself into CD Lamb, of course. But I, I, for now, I'm going to put Michael Pittman ahead of CD land just based off of what we've seen so far from those two players. Can I put like six guys in my audience? <laughs> Here, let's have at it. Let me just go to like uh, eight point font. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to mention the two Seattle receivers and DK Metcalf and Tyler sure. Lockett. Um, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> disappointing that they're going to have to, you know, play with Drew Locke for yeah. large portions of the year. Um, potentially the whole year. So I could not put them in the top 12, but the good production that those guys have put up is insane. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Uh, also, I think deserve honorable mentions just for, you know, their consistency from year to year as yeah. boring as Mike Evans is to watch. He's like Vincent Jackson. If he was super boring, um, <laughs> you know, Mike Evans deserves to be, uh, you know, in the top 15, I guess. Um, Keenan Allen deserves to be in there as well, despite some of the concerns with the route running production. Uh, Michael Thomas, uh, I think deserves yeah. to be an honorable mention. Obviously we have to see it and see if he's healthy. Um, but I mean, he was a top three wide receiver in 2019, 2020 did not quite put up the same production, but still was a top 10 guy. Um, so, I mean, if he's healthy and they have, you know, a way to use him in that system, I, I think that he's still potentially a stud. And I'll also throw this guy in because I've, I've talked about him a lot already. Jalen Waddle. Um, I, I think you look at some of the numbers for Jalen Waddle, and um, it might be a little bit early to put him in the honorable mentions already. Um, but I think <laughs> what he's going to do uh, with this team going forward is going to be really interesting to watch. Obviously, he gets to play next to Tyreek Hill now. Uh, does have two as his quarterback, uh, which unfortunate but i still think he's going to be a red zone threat he's going to get his touchdowns like he did at the end of 2021 um and i think there's a real chance um that he has the breakout season that many are expecting from him i'm just laughing at tyler making this honorable mention <laughs> line sorry uh, sorry if i got played off there like with the oscars music yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i couldn't decide between any of these guys I, I think they, thank I think you for they, taking all of the honorable mentions you're welcome i if you're welcome we only do one wide receiver show a year so yeah all right um yeah, so that's going to be me when we do offensive linemen, by the way. <laughs> so let me tell you about this. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, honestly, uh, uh, might as well, because I guess I like the Eagles. 
Uh, Devonta Smith. I think it's well, worth mention as well. Mostly because you've taken some of the other ones I mentioned. <laughs> um, Devonta Smith was 18th in the wide receiver rankings, actually ahead of Keenan Allen, right behind Mike Williams. Um, so 18th, you know, jumping in the top 12 isn't all that, you know, crazy. But the difference is he will have AJ Brown. And so, but, you know, again, a lot of this really speaks more to per play stuff. So, Will Smith be considered a top wide receiver, you know, top 12 wide receiver if AJ Brown is the better wide receiver for the Eagles? Probably not. But on a per play basis, it's definitely possible. And, you know, I, I really liked him. He was my wide receiver too the year prior. So I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Kind of getting back to Alex's list a little bit. I, I think the toughest ones for me to rank this year were DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, Hopkins is going to be suspended. He's getting significantly older. Oh, yeah. The numbers for him are, are not great, no. um, but he's got obviously such a high reputation. Um, and, and then DK Metcalf, it's like, well, he's a physical freak, but, you know, Russell Wilson throws more deep balls than like anybody, anybody. in the league. And yeah. now you're talking about Drew Locke, who's not going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, how much of DK was Russell Wilson's presence? So I think those two were particularly tough for me to rank on this list. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, for what it's worth, is 36th out of 50 on this list. So not not pretty uh, per play basis numbers. Worth pointing out in man coverage, just because I thought this was interesting, um, regarding DK Metcalf, he was actually uh, top three in yards per route run versus man coverage, um, which, I mean, obviously, you know, some of that is the deep balls, but I did not think, you know, just based off of what I would have guessed DK Metcalf would be, I don't think he would be a top three route runner. Yeah, me either. Uh, versus man coverage. So I, I just thought that was an interesting statistic. So I do not think that he's going to be able to, uh, you know, Drew Locke, Drew Locke throws deep balls just to the other team. Um, so I think that'll be a problem with DK Metcalf uh, to deal with and certainly Tyler Lockett as well. Um, but I actually don't think the drop off is going to be quite as bad as people think it will be, but probably still pretty bad. Yeah, I, I'm I'm more worried about DK than I am with Tyler Lockett because I true. think Tyler Lockett does uh, a lot more things over the middle and he does it well. So, you know, you're looking at Lockett potentially being Drew Locke's Jerry Judy kind of player. So I think there there will be enough for Lockett to to still have that same kind of top twenty season. Well, all right, that was our our top twelve. I'm I'm glad we expanded it to top twelve because I think if we had top ten, we we would be a little bit more limited. Uh, this this group is just stacked with mm-hmm. quality young players, quality veterans. You know, obviously our top three is universal. So I was excited to see that one. But uh, Tyler, final thoughts before we uh, head out for the day. Not much. Just I, I hope that one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or both would be great would make my top 12 statistically next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, any final thoughts, man? Uh, I'd like to hope that they would make the list next year. Uh, wouldn't bet a significant amount of money on it based on the direct trajectories of those two players and everybody else in the league. But uh, Keenan Allen, even if he's not in my top 10 or top 12, uh, he's still a fantastic wide receiver. It just speaks to the mm-hmm. talent around the league and, and how good it is, like we've said a bunch of times um, in this podcast. But uh, it, the position is just stacked, and that was the huge difference compared to, to last year or even the year before that where Keenan Allen might be a, a consensus top five receiver in some years. Um, but don't, you know, take it the wrong way. Keenan Allen obviously still very good. Uh, and Mike Williams, even if, you know, the advanced metrics don't necessarily love him, uh, obviously has an incredible role on this team as well and is still well worth what the Chargers paid him uh, in free agency. 
Yeah, you know, I think they're with the way the receiver market is playing out. Like, I think Mike Williams obviously worth that contract, but uh, excited to see what year two in Joe Lombardi's system means for him. Obviously, we heard that little bit of a, a mic'd up where you know he was talking about Mike Williams, and that's why we pay him so much money. And so, uh, hopefully, we can see Mike Williams kind of take a step forward, evolve his role a little bit, and uh, go from there. So, uh, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Hope everyone watching and listening has a fantastic 4th of July. Stay safe if you are choosing to celebrate it. Uh, take care of your dogs. Make sure they're not uh, freaking out because of the fireworks and all that good stuff. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you guys next time, and uh, we'll let you know what we're talking about. Make sure you are listening. If you are listening, to leave us a rating review. We really appreciate all that support. We'll see you guys later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.